It is absolute chaos in the world of sports. We are only days away from the Super Bowl. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred speaking. The All-Star game in the NHL might be a super spreader. We have no idea who's going to be available to play. There is so much news. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Sarah, I can barely figure out where to start. I'm wondering, should we start with um, with the Lakers trade deadline moves? Oh. <laughs> there were none. There were none. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. While, while there were no moves for the Lakers, Sarah, this has been a massive day for the NBA. Now, I wasn't sure what to expect from L.A., and we got kind of what we thought we might get. Absolutely nothing. But I've spent all week saying, oh, there is no way the 76ers are going to actually trade with the Nets. There's no way it all happens. And boy, at about 1.30 this afternoon, did I look like a moron because the Nets and the 76ers <laughs> get the blockbuster trade. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, fair. it's, it's it's years in the making, really. Harden and Paul Millsap going to Philadelphia. Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks going to Brooklyn. A massive trade, according to our very own Adrian Wojnarowski. Well, I was going to get Sarah's reaction there, but she... she, she... I, I'm so sorry. I thought you were playing Adrian Wojnarowski. I was no. like, whoa. No, whoa. no. I was okay. just setting that, that up for you, and then we they all... They were just setting it up. I appreciate that, and I, <laughs> I really hit it out of the park. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, here's the thing, Fitz. We talked about this a whole lot leading up to this, and there were so many questions about, you know, on, uh, at first glance, it seems like it's beneficial to both sides. And then you really start digging, and there are a lot of question marks on both. Ben Simmons, you know, the last we saw of him actually playing basketball, for as much talent as he has, he was a massive liability on the court. Then he's been willing to sit out, in, essentially in protest of a team he no longer felt fully supported by, while also dealing with mental health challenges. And we don't really know physically, as much as he's been working out, whether he's basketball ready, can be inserted into a game anytime soon. I do think he's a better fit with Irving and Durant, and if it works out, that is a great pickup for for the Nets, who, by the way, should not be lauded for giving up as much as they did for James Harden and then it amounting to 16 total games with their big three before they had to go out, get rid of him again. On the other side, the Sixers fits. James Harden, at times, we know can be an incredible shooter, can take over a game. He's also a guy who's willing to go to strip clubs, pretend he's fat, and not show up and play. And he's done that over and over again to get into the places that he wants to be. Who knows how long he'll want to be there? Who knows if it's a fit? And as he gets older and the amount of money he's going to ask for, there's some real question marks. It's like, I don't want to be mean to these guys. Maybe this is a little extreme, but it's like, you know, trading a case of herpes for a case of gonorrhea. There's probably upsides to either, but neither one's great. I cannot speak to personal experience either, thank <laughs> God. Uh, Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, and we're going to get to some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We do that with ESPN NBA front, front office insider Bobby Marks joining us. So, Bobby, I didn't think the trade would ever get done. It is done. What's your evaluation of it? You're right. I, I didn't. I didn't think so. I mean, if a week ago, I didn't. I thought Brooklyn had really dug their heels in here and um, were adamant that they weren't going to trade Harden. They didn't believe that he would walk away from, you know, a 223 million dollar extension. There wasn't a belief that Philadelphia could create cap space to sign him outright. And I think they looked. They woke up this morning and yesterday and realized, you know what? We better do something and hedge our bets and go out and. Um, go out and, uh, and trade James Harden. I, I, I thought Brooklyn did well considering the circumstances here with 
um, to get Simmons, and that's certainly the wild card because we haven't seen him since that Atlanta series. And with Seth Curry and uh, and Drummond, and you get two first round uh, picks here. And I I've said all along. I mean, I I just really feel like that the Nets um, you know, dodged a bullet here with the Harden you know with the Harden contract. I said it on TV. I felt that that contract would probably be trending towards the worst one in history. I I don't mm. want to say James Harden is shot. But, man, does he not look like um, an all-NBA player this year? And maybe he just gave up. So that, that could be it. And we might see a different player down in, uh, down in Philadelphia here. And I thought it will help Brooklyn in the long haul, you know, in the future. I, I don't know about this year just because I don't know what we're going to get with Ben Simmons here. That's, as I said, the wild card. And I think for Philly, it, yeah, helps them. Helps them. They've got, you know, two, I think a two- to three-year window you know, to win it, to win it all here. And you're, you take a player who wasn't even there in Simmons and a player with uh, in Harden um, when he's right, plays at a, his level is, you know, is a, is a high level player. And the big thing too, is that they didn't have to go out and gut their roster in the off season to go out and sign him with cap space. Yeah. And they hung on to a number of pieces that folks thought maybe would have been required to make the deal work. So that helps them still, you know, stay consistent in their pursuit of a, of a championship this year. I think there are so many questions and I agree with you on the future of Harden and that contract, especially as he gets older, but let's talk about the Simmons side of things. Harden forced this deal. There was nothing that the Nets could do. They made a bad deal to get him. It was bad once he was there. And then it was only going to get worse once he decided he didn't want to be there. But getting Simmons, I mean, I think, you know, you get some muscle and drum and you get the shooting out of Curry. Those are good choices. What can we know about Simmons? And is it too premature to say that they, they did the best or they made the best out of recouping on the Harden deal they messed up before we've ever seen Simmons actually play with them? Yeah, I, I do think they made the best out of because outside of Philadelphia, there wouldn't have been many you know takers for Harden on you know potentially becoming a free agent and to to recoup a player that's you know 25 years old and uh, an all defensive player um, and you, you know you surround him with Durant and Kyrie for I guess away games. <laughs> I mean, um, you know certainly Curry. For now, yeah. um, we'll see what happens with uh, with Joe Harris and. So I do think they made the best out of um, out of a situation that was really going to head head south here. And if they didn't if they didn't make a deal, I mean, who's to say that Harden just shuts it down for the rest of the season? You know, and then you're really you're really scrambling here. And um, I'm just interested to see when we get to see Simmons. I, I I just did a podcast with Zach Lowe, and I don't think we see Simmons until Durant is fully healthy. I, I just don't see Brooklyn rolling him out, especially home with the Kyrie situation going on with Durant still not ready to go and him basically being on an Island by himself. What should the expectations now then be for what we think the Nets can accomplish this year? Well, I think it's the goal is just to get into the top six and then, you know, hopefully you hit your stride, um, you know, come, come mid April here. That, that, that's the end goal here. I mean, the, but it all comes down to it. I mean, the Kyrie situation is the wild card right i mean like will new york um you know lift the mandate i I mean from what you hear and from what you read it doesn't look that way and you know you basically are stuck with the same situation but probably a little bit better roster because as i said you are at curry you add drummond you add um you know you know basically simmons for for harden here but um i i i don't see them in the level of milwaukee I don't see them where um, Miami is right now. I think they're, I think them in Philadelphia are probably, you know, third or fourth, you know, certainly I know 
Sarah's going to yell at me because I didn't mention her Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I think, those, I think those five teams, you know, and one of them is not going to make it to the second round. That's the crazy thing is that, you know, out of that group of five, um, one's going to lose in the, in the first round here. You know, it's funny that you say that because all we need is six to eight weeks. I keep telling everyone, six to eight weeks. We just need our guys to come back, and the Bulls will be fine. Hey, really quick, because we're out of time here. I just wanted to ask you very quickly. Uh, why do you think Daryl Morey believes in, in James Harden again after he's asked his way out of so many different places? I think there's just that long-standing relationship that they had in Houston, and the, the, there's a trust level between those two, and it's a trust level that in Brooklyn Sean Marks couldn't get with James Harden. Well, Bobby, we appreciate your insight as always. Appreciate you breaking it down for us, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Thanks. Bobby Marks giving us the straight talk. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. So often we break down trades in a way that it looks like a win-win. What if this trade could actually turn out to be a lose-lose? We'll break it down next. Bain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Okay, so (laughs) as we're discussing... The trade that has sent James Harden to the Sixers, who will now figure out whether he's invested in winning for them. The all-star selections are going on. The two captains are picking their teams on TNT, and it's Kevin Durant and LeBron James, and it comes down to the final two. First of all, interestingly, Durant starts out by picking Joel Embiid. Any drama there for you, Fitz, or just uh, just picking a good, solid MVP candidate? I think he's just picking a good, solid MVP candidate. We'll okay. go with that. All yeah, right. sure. So we start with that, and then it gets down to two players remaining to be selected. All that's left is Rudy Gobert and James Harden, and it's Kevin Durant's pick, and he, he starts saying, I'm going to need some size. <laughs> <laughs> and, and LeBron just can't even keep a straight face. He covers his face with his clipboard. Then he's bent over in half, his face in his hands, and Durant is stone-faced throughout. Does not crack a smile as he selects Rudy Gobert over James Harden. Oh, the drama. We love the petty. We love the petty in the NBA. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Yes, I did start our show today by comparing the trade of James Harden and Ben Simmons as gonorrhea for herpes. And I'd like to apologize. I'm sure that that was maybe a little bit harsh. But Fitz, what's fascinating to me about all of this is these are two talented players who can absolutely bring a ton to the court, especially that fit for Simmons I think is going to be fantastic in terms of defense and spacing and everything else. James Harden we know can go off. But at the same time, this is a very sticky deal because there are so many red flags on both sides. There are so many opportunities to yeah, but everything about this deal. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things we have to remember is that even if you give both sides benefit of the doubt, that's a big reach in this situation. Like, I think it's a huge benefit of the doubt to say that Ben Simmons, who's been sitting, we have no idea what his basketball shape is going to look like right now, is just going to step in and suddenly be the difference maker when he may have to do some of that without KD on the floor. We'll see, depending on injury. And of the remaining games after the All-Star break, only 10 of the 23 remaining games even have Kyrie as able to play currently under the vaccination rules as they stand. So there's a chance that you're looking at Ben Simmons, that we have no idea what kind of shape he's in, to be the only guy on the floor like so that part of it doesn't feel great and then on the other side of it to your point we're just going to presume that this is the time that Harden decides he's going to stay invested like that hasn't happened Mm -hmm. of late so like I was told I was told to buy the bag that uh, 18 months ago that this was going to be the thing that suddenly fired Harden up to a level that he would want to be around this team and they were going to want to play together and it was going to be this great level of joy like I think the yeah but in both of those is partially because you have to give so much benefit of the doubt to find the positive 
Yeah, and I think it's going to end up being a lot of weight on the shoulders of Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid on being leaders for the teams that the new guys are joining. Brian Windhorst, our ESPN NBA insider, was on the Hoop Collective, his own Hoop Collective. Oh, sorry, he's a host of the Hoop Collective podcast, but he was on ESPN Radio talking about the deal, and he kind of said, listen, red flags or not, this was the only choice the Nets had. Yes, there were options out there to clear salary cap space to sign uh, James Harden. But if you'd have done that one, you might have had to use even more than you traded uh, today. And you would have lost a bite at the apple with James Harden this year. In my view, as each year passes, that contract and that player is going to get less and less valuable. So if you're going to give away all the stuff, you might as well have the player for as many opportunities at the postseason as you can. And that's why this deal made sense. And quite frankly, as long as James Harden didn't want to play for the Nets, the Nets had to do this deal. And that's why I was pretty sure it was going to happen. And, Sarah, that all makes a ton of sense. In fact, I think it's it's a really smart point to say, hey, what else would they have to have given up to get him? And right, I can and I also... set it up wrong. It, it was not just – obviously it was the only thing the Nets could do because Harden made it clear he didn't want to play. But why the Sixers decided to move on it now is what he was explaining there. I'm sure you guys picked that up via context. Right, and and I think part of this, you know, if you're a Sixers fan, you can look at it and say, look, Ben Simmons was giving us nothing and was not going to give us anything. Mm-hmm. So now we get a net positive of somebody coming in. I hear that, and I think that's a really solid point. But the other side of it is the very end of what Winhorse said was that, you know, he wants to be here. Well, that's the hardest part of all of this because there is a ton of money that's going to be at stake for the future. And, and Daryl Morey knows what he's getting into more than most ever would. So maybe he knows the love language that Harden needs to hear. But <laughs> my God, like I would feel really nervous about the amount of money he's going to take. Like you can look mm-hmm. at it short term, long term, short term for the rest of this season. I, I, I have no problem saying I think it makes the 76ers a better team today. Yes. Long term, does it help them? I, I wouldn't rely on him at all. So many questions. By the way, what do you think James Harden's love language is? I'm going to say just based on based on his uh, extracurriculars, I'm going to say physical touch. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that's <laughs> is strip club a love language? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't think it'd be words <laughs> of affirmation. It's more visual than anything else. But physical touch can be involved. Let's move on. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Um, this is what I want to listen to now, Okay. <laughs> These are folks calling in to 97.5 The Fanatic, Philly fans who think that James Harden is the second coming. And some of them actually seem to think that he's from Philly. They're all like, he's coming home. Uh, He's from L.A. I'm confused by all of it. Uh, But let's just listen to these so that we can remember how good they felt about this at this moment when uh, things inevitably go awry down the road. Uh, Before you bite bite my head off, I want to give the reasons why I think this is a bad trade. There are no reasons! How great is it? How great is it? I love it. Let's go to John. You're on 97.5 The Fanatic. John! Cuz, what's happening? What's up, John? Yo, I'm, I'm sitting in my car, and I'm thinking, can we get a camera crew, get in James Harden and Daryl Morey, just hugging it out, and Daryl say, yo, man, I got you. You're here with me. Let's get it done. I'm so fired up. 
I, I love the fact that they're fired up today, but you know. Where's the other one? We, we had another one that was better. They're just the people calling in who are absolutely in, ecstatic fits. And I don't, I, are they, is, I mean, listen, I've been, I've been on the side of being like, Jay Cutler, yes, all of our prayers are answered, right? Like we've all been there at, at some point, but they don't have any concerns about the fact that this is a guy in James Harden who has left Every one of these other superstars with nothing to show for it, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, those are just a couple of the players he's had in the last four seasons and hasn't been made anything to show for it. He is the only player in NBA history to average 20 points and 10 assists per game at the time of changing teams within a season, and it's happened to him twice last year and this year. It's unbelievable that they wouldn't have any concerns. Here is another joyous caller from 97.5 The Fanatic. It is a new day in Philadelphia. Indeed, brother. I've never been more excited in my entire life. I mean, maple, maple, maple. This is sweeter than syrup. I have never seen a better trade in my entire life. We get to keep Maxi. I mean, what a wonderful day. Is this best case scenario or what? Yeah, baby. Yeah, it is. And I've yep. never been more excited. It's great. Everybody thinks they can fix crazy, Sarah. That's <laughs> what this comes scenario. down to. Everybody. It is. You know what it is? It's the crazy hot matrix that we talk about so often. It, it, it also goes for quarterbacks with a big arm. Everybody thinks we could fix the head if they've got the big arm. And uh, with James Harden, it's, it's the shooting and it's the ability to, to be an offensive machine. But, man... There are so many questions for me about this. You know, Ramona Shelburne talked about Ben Simmons a lot and how he's very excited to get out. You know, he texted her finally. But that there are questions about how long it will be before he's mentally ready to join. And she anticipates sometime after the All-Star break. So, Fitz, you know, getting Durant and, and Simmons and Irving together for whatever number of games they'll be available is still going to take some time. I, I do think it, it, the, the red flags are much stronger for the Sixers than they are for the Nets. Yeah, and everybody should be excited today in Philly. Will they still be excited after the Sixers lose to the Bucks in the playoffs? Nah. How about the Nets? How about when they start losing <laughs> to the Nets? Because I think it's March 10th is the first meeting between the two. And if you've got, you know, Simmons going off, woof, that's going to be. Uh, we are all circling that one on our calendars. It's Spain and Fitz. Coming up next, we find out how other NFL players watch the Super Bowl they're not playing in. Sarah's out there in California. We'll get to that in a little bit. Super Bowl only a couple of days away. I'll say it again, say it loud. Nobody wants a hologram of Tupac, all right? You got enough Hall of Famers in this uh, this performance. <laughs> it's been a long, like, we've been arguing about it all week on this show. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Don't forget to tune into the ESPN Daily Podcast. Get you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. Let's get some insight on the Super Bowl, on all things NFL, on all things football uh, from our next guest, Bills running back Zach Moss, joining the show. Zach, thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Obviously, everybody is going to talk about for a very long time the way uh, your season unfortunately ended. It was one of those all-time endings for everybody. From a player's standpoint, how long does it take where you sort of like need that moment to get away from it? Um, you know, thanks for, you know, for us. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, yeah. But, you know, like you said, going back to that game, you know, that's definitely going to be something that, you know, us as players and, you know, our fans definitely remember for a very long time. Um, I mean, just a, just a super bitter end to our season the way it ended. Um, but, you know, 
getting away right now um, and, you know, just getting our minds back. And, you know, when it's time to refocus, I think we'll, you know, be ready. And we'll definitely remember how that game in and in it will motivate us. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to be part of an instant classic if you're on the wrong side of it because everyone wants to talk about it. It's going to get brought up all the time, and you're like, man, I don't want to think about that game anymore. But it was such an incredible <laughs> game. And I saw you liked on social media um, a, a tweet from Josh Allen. He's watching a game, obviously, later in the postseason. The Chiefs win the coin flip again in OT, and you think the Bengals are going to go down the same way, and he just writes pain. <laughs> and everyone knows exactly what he's talking about. Um does does your guy, Josh Allen, does he remind you at all of Burrow as we talk about these young up-and-coming QBs or even Mahomes? Um, I mean, I mean, obviously, when you, you have to think about them in the way that they both had success early on in their career um, and what they've been able to do um, in this league. Um, but I think they're two different players, you know, the way Burrow plays the game and the way Josh plays the game. Um, it's totally different. Um, but, you know, they're, obviously they're the ultimate competitors, the great leaders, um, and they want to win, you know. And, I mean, what they can do at that quarterback position um, and in being in the same uh, conference and, you know, being so young, they're going to definitely have, you know, battles for a very long time to come. We're talking to Bills running by Zach Moss on Spain and Fitz there, Spain, Jason Fitz. And, you know, I think it's interesting this year, it felt like, especially going in to the end of the season, a lot of people were expecting the Patriots to do what the Patriots always do. You guys were able to break through that wall. What's it mean for the organization to sort of have that breakthrough moment and do that to the Patriots at the end of the year? Yeah, um, obviously everyone knows the history between the Bills and the Patriots um, and just the the hold <laughs> – that the Patriots had on the conference uh, for so long with Brady and, you know, to, you know, beat them twice last season um, and then, you know, come away with beating them twice again here this season and, you know, one in the playoffs was big. Um, and, you know, we want to have that conference and our division and show everyone that is ours. And, you know, that was one step in stone to doing that. Um, but, you know, they're a really good team and they're obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time. So, it's not like we, you know, we're comfortable just doing that, and it, it has to be done over and over and over, mm -hmm. um, things like that. So it's going to be a challenge, um, as it is every single year, and it's always a different type of year. Um, so it, it, it's going to be fun to, you know, continue to go against that team and, you know, battle it out. A lot more fun when you win, when you're on the winning side of that, that's for sure, especially especially with Absolutely. that team after all those years with Brady. We're talking to Zach Moss, Bills running back here on Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. You know, you had a, a bad ankle injury surgery last year. You had a knee injury in college. Uh, when you're watching someone like Cam Akers come back from an Achilles as quickly as he did and competing the way he has, is that is that wild to you as someone who's gone through all that? And, and, I mean, same really goes for Joe Burrow. We almost don't talk about how catastrophic that knee injury was because he's come back so strong. Yeah. Um, you know, when guys, you know, go through injuries and they're able to come back and play at a high level and, you know, and it's kind of like they haven't, you know, missed a beat, it definitely needs to be, you know, praised because people don't talk about the amount of rehab, the amount of, pain that these guys go through day in and day out just trying to get back to you know doing what we love um and a guy like i mean acres coming back from an achilles injury um and now playing the super bowl and being a very very pivotal part to the team's success in the run game um these last couple of weeks and what they've been able to do with that um it's it's just you know it's, it's crazy it really can't really put it into words on 
how he's been able to come back and, you know, be healthy with that type of injury. Because um, I know that that's one of the most catastrophic ones you can possibly get, mm-hmm. especially in our sport and playing the running back position. Um, so, you know, huge shout out to him and what he's been able to do. Hopefully he can, you know, cap it off with a, with a ring. I mean, I'm sure that would be the perfect way to go out with it. So let's keep there with the Super Bowl for a second, Zach. Obviously, we all know that everybody eats too much and, uh, you know, watches the Super Bowl a particular way. Like, what's your Super Bowl watching ritual? Um, I haven't. I don't have a ritual, man. I haven't watched the Super Bowl since, uh, I want to say it was 2016 or 17 when Brady beat the Falcons in that instant classic Super Bowl. Um, I haven't really sat through and actually watched the one all the way through. Um, But definitely going to watch this one through. Um, I mean, you know, last time I watched it, I guess my ritual would be just hanging with people, uh, friends, family, and things like that, and just, you know, hanging out at home and, and watching it and having good food around and everything like that. Wait a minute. So why are you back watching this year? What has changed? Because I think it's wild when players – I mean, I get it. It's heartbreaking to watch other teams be the place you want to be, but it's more than just a game. It's sort of like a social event. Even non-football fans are here for it. So so why don't you watch it usually, and why are you back at it this year? Uh, I think the reason I don't watch it is because uh, I think just because when when you play football pretty much all year round, right, um, like I don't really watch other in-season games, regular season games, playoffs, and things like that either. Um, I'm one of those people who just catch all the highlights, the game, the full game highlights on YouTube, things like that, rather than <laughs> oh, sitting so there you're watching just a millennial. Hour game. I get it, I get it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're DJ Squirrel, shiny object. It's like whatever uh, whatever's like right next to you is going to distract you. I get it. <laughs> exactly. So that's 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 literally how I catch up to watch all other 31 games um, and things like that. So. Um, Super Bowl, though, I mean, I just never really been a big fan of watching it, um, honestly. But this time I'm watching it, I think, more so because I'm in Cali. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the main reason I'm watching it. And I'm, you know, having some friends come out with things like that. And it's more of a kind of like a kickback kind of thing. And, you know, yeah. we'll just have it on TV and things like that. But. Cool. Well, I'm here too. Goes. So just hit me up for the after party. Oh, oh, okay. I'll be yeah, at the game. Just, yeah, you guys the, are the out game in itself. But mm-hmm. once I'm out of sofa, I just you know let me wow. know where all the good stuff is going on. Listen to I this. Got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> all right. Good. 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 <laughs> all right. So Zach, before we let you go, I, I do want to ask you a, a serious question because you've used some of your social media platform to uh, to post some things about diversity and hiring in the NFL. We've been talking a lot about it on this show over the last couple of weeks. How would you address the issue? What can actually be done in your mind to help the issue with the NFL? Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's the biggest thing um, that I could think of would be with how, how, are, how are us as players responding to this, right? Um, the league is, you know, well over, I want to say, 60% African-American players um, and things like that. And what can we do as players to help something like that change um, to be more, I guess, fair and things like that. Um, so that's really the only thing I can think of, and I think that's the biggest thing to see a change, and it would be how do the players react and respond to it and, mm-hmm. you know, really want to see change in it. 
And I think another player you retweeted said it right, too. There needs to be more diversity and representation at the top. If you continue to have an entirely white ownership and, and the highest levels of the sport, um, it's, it's much more difficult to see diversity um, across all levels. It needs to be more representative of the makeup of the league and its fans. So um, that's, that's the Correct. tough one. We all got to become billionaires, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, one, yeah, st- we have. <laughs> one step that's at a time. That's what it is. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> Zach, yeah, man. I'm, we- I'm sure it will change, though. We uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. Stay safe out there in California. You know, it, it's 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 wild out there with Sarah around. You don't want to party with her. Nobody can handle it. But we appreciate you hanging out with us, brother. Thanks, Zach. No problem at all. Thank you guys for having me on. So, Sarah, did you get me a ticket to the Super Super? I did not. No. You did. Okay. No, uh, did, did not. Did you get me a ticket to Bears Raiders? Well, no. But I mean, I'm just. You're more plugged in, and you're married to That's a billionaire. Right. So That's I figured, right. I like, through. private jet. Don't be, don't takes be saying me. that billionaire stuff. Oh, Everybody, man. it's not real. Uh, you get know, out of the menchies. So I got no no shot at a private jet that's going to wheels up me to get to no, the Super Bowl. Where that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, if somebody has an extra ticket in the suite, I only want sweet life. That's all I want. Coming up. <laughs> speaking would. of LA, that is where Sarah is. We'll set the scene. We'll tell you all about it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. I'm back, baby. Back in my old stomping grounds, Fitz, Los Angeles. This is where I moved right after college, spent six years here. The best years, the ones where you have almost no responsibilities and you're not really an adult even though you think you're one. Lots of fun. Lots of fun in L.A. And the Super Bowl is here. Let me tell you a quick story. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We, uh, we flew in this morning. We're checking into the hotel. I'm here with Gatorade doing lots of uh, fun stuff with them throughout the weekend. And I'm checking in, and they're giving us all the, the stuff to, to you know that, that Gatorade left at the desk for us. And so we're waiting, and the people next to us are checking in. And the guy behind the counter is like, oh, so I don't know if, if you know about the Super Bowl. And the <laughs> couple was like, no. And they're like, oh, well, the Super Bowl is happening in L.A. this weekend. So there's a lot of stuff going on. They're like, oh. It was like, what universe? Like, just incredible when you get to cities. I remember when I was in New York, Fitz, it was the same. I did a man-on-the-street interview piece, and half of the people that I asked about, you know, the Super Bowl's here in New York, what do you think, did not know it was even there. Oh, that is that is actually alarming to me a little bit. Also, um, <laughs> I'm not, a, like, so I'm going to say this very gently because Uh-oh. I never want to be anti any beautiful place and the, the weather is beautiful and so are the people in L.A., I'm not a big L.A. guy, I, I, but I will tell you why I'm not a big L.A. guy. So often my experience in L.A. was when I would have days off on tour, you know, and mm-hmm. when you're sitting out there at a hotel, the Sportsman's Lodge is like the only hotel that can actually take tour bus parking in L.A. So you're okay. always stuck at the Sportsman's Lodge. And remembering that I'm just old enough that I toured before Uber was what it is now, you really had to, like, call a cab to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you're living on 25 bucks a day per diem when you have days off there. And sometimes because you're doing, like, TV shows or whatever, you'll have a week off in L.A. where you're not making any money. You can't eat on 25 mm-hmm. bucks a day. And you got to take a cab half an hour to get anywhere in that <laughs> right. day. So, yeah, like, you I, didn't have the real L.A. Yeah, experience. I, you're talking Sportsman's Lodge, like, in the Valley. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, where that's the other stays. problem. Well, I've got no problem with the Valley. I don't want to fight people about it. It's probably more affordable, but I'll tell you, if you don't live in the Valley and you manage to find a spot closer to all the good stuff where you're not stuck in that traffic every time, I mean, there's traffic everywhere. You get used to it. You find your side streets. Um, I also lived here before Uber. Boy, that would have made a big difference. I got so many tickets in Manhattan Beach and Hermosa where we drove down being like, oh, we'll have a drink or two, and then we'll be there all day long watching volleyball or something. We'll sober up. We'll have some dinner. We'll wait a couple hours to come back, and then we just end up randomly at a party till 2 in the morning, crash at some stranger's house. Really good to 
decision making back in mm. my youth and oh, then yeah. wake up with uh, all the tickets on the car. Mm. Um, yeah, Uber would have helped. But um, yeah, <laughs> you didn't have the real L.A. experience because uh, I was I was poor. I was, you know, early 20s. But you could figure out you, you go to the Whole Foods during prime sampling hour at lunchtime. Oh, yeah. You look up all of I the bars that. that give you free food if you get a drink. There used to be like the, that kind of like cheap buffet food if you got a drink somewhere. Um, you can go to free movie screenings. There's there's a lot of free stuff in LA. You just got to get your hustle on. And I think you know you were, you'd already made it. You were big time. You were the guy in the band, even though you had no money or car. Yeah, and that that's probably. I mean, I've always been big time in my own yeah. mind. But you're right. You're very I, bougie. I, I still. I that's still, the immediate impression I've always gotten. I mean, I, I went to Costco for the first time ever a couple of weeks wow. ago. I've never been. You. And like they had samples out all the time. Like I was like, I don't stand a chance of making that a here hungry. Like I'm gonna, eat, uh, I'll have four of those. Yes, I'll take that bite of whatever that meat product is. Thank you very much. So I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew how to get around without without much money at all. And I mean, I do. It's it's strange. It's, I don't know if you have a place like this because you moved around a lot. Maybe it's Vegas for you. But like you know, I grew up outside of Chicago. Went to college in upstate New York. When I go back to college, I get the college feelings. But when I come back to LA, it's like a, it's like deep in my chest. This like all the memories. I think also it's like really formative years when you're out of college for the first time and you like got to find a dentist and make friends and learn an entire new city and you just kind of start over for the first time ever. And uh, and so when I come back, it's 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 pretty wild. Yeah, there are. My mom used to always say when I was a kid that you can't you can't fake what's home, and like you can feel it. And you know, mm. home can be there can be multiple chapters to that. But yeah. it is funny for all the years I lived in Nashville, and as much as I have love for that city, there was never a spot where I was like pulling into Nashville and thinking, "Yes, this is my soul." That's wow. always been Vegas for me. Vegas has always yeah. been that that place. So, it for me. me, it's Chicago and and it's LA. It's both. Um, and of course, we went over this a couple of weeks ago when someone asked for people's craziest celebrity interactions, like the weirdest interactions. And and of course, all of mine were L.A. I'm talking course. to Michael Jackson, getting asked out by Mike Tyson from on stage during a commercial of Jimmy Kimmel, <laughs> uh, you know, fixing Paris Hilton's thong, getting 311 weed, went to the Maloof's house and Britney Spears was there right after the umbrella incident, getting fried chicken brought upstairs. Jamie Foxx asked me out at that party. We just went to a bunch of yeah, your LA parties experience where is people way were, different than mine. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, see why you love LA. I didn't have it. Like, I'm sitting in the sportsman's trying to navigate whether or not I can afford sushi that's that fair. day. Yeah, you know that's what I didn't fair. take into account uh, that we were both broke, but I was a 20 year old girl. Yeah, that's I fair. forgot about that the part. That is fair. That is where fair. I didn't. Uh, we did once go. We we went to um I think it was the it was like the Beverly Hills Hotel or one of those spots that we heard was like a great place to see celebs and like be fancy and so i was like okay well we'll get one round and then hopefully someone will buy us one because that's what you do when you're 22 and so i'm like i'll get it and we got espresso martinis and mm. it was 52 dollars oh for, for two of them oh my and i was God. like but i i guess i won't eat this week it was like so traumatic um so i get it it's a it's a rough place but it's an interesting place for the super bowl fits because uh, we saw some Bengals folks coming through when we were when we were at the airport, and I'm interested to see the the, the split. Will there be so many Bengals fans? Because it's been so long, and they get the chance to see you know their team win a championship for the very first time. Let's talk about that, by the way. How like how stressed are you if you're a Bengals fan figuring out like am I throwing a party? Do I want to hear everything so I need to be alone? Do I fly out to the game and spend a bunch of money? Do I go to a friend's house? Like, do you remember Fitz what you did like when you first got to see your team win a championship? Uh, Sarah, um, I've never seen, no. my I mean, the Raiders won a Super Bowl when I was six, but I didn't I have forgot. a lot of say in that. So, um, UNLV won a title when I was like 10. I didn't have a lot of, so as an adult, I've never seen it, Sarah. So, so somebody over the Mitchell, 
the wait. <laughs> yeah, Mitchell, what did you do the first time you watched one of your favorite teams win a championship? <laughs> I forgot that Mitchell. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you know what it happened. <laughs> I do remember throwing a, a Super Bowl. I mean, I threw a Super Bowl party for the ages when the Raiders went and lost to the Buccaneers, and oh. I just remember some of my friends decided to show up at my house wearing Buccaneer stuff, troll me no. during the game. They drank no. two kegs worth of beer. The cake oh. was the wrong color when it came through. No. Everything was off, and when everybody left so my house, I was fault. like, I'm going to go have liquor. I'm going to make myself feel better. They drank me dry out of every drop of no. alcohol in my house. So that's my oh only my that's my only championship game experience. That's and, the uh, most mine, story ever. mine was the Mets and Royals World Series. Series and once a year on the day the Royals won that World Series, Stosh will text me, attach me on Facebook, and call me to remind me, hey, do you know what happened today? Oh, man. Wow. Oh, I can't believe I get to. I mean, I do because it's the it's really the Bulls that got me through. I had, I had six of those before I even made it out of high school. You know oh, what I mean? Like, nectar of God. Like, that's just not even right. <laughs> I want to ask people, though, on Twitter. So, well, if you guys, if anyone out there has a great story of, you know, the very first time you got to see one of your teams win it all, did you throw a huge party? Did you want to watch it at home? Like, how did you did you go? Because I want to see, first of all, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of Bengals representation, but I'm also interested in what this might do for the Rams fans and for the L.A. market. Because we know that there just is not a ton of, you know, enthusiasm around the team the same way there is when they've been in town forever and there was that big gap, and that, that really affected whether people were diehards. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest part. Like, roots can be laid down for future generations of fandom from this Rams Super Bowl. There's such a cool opportunity for them to really cement themselves in that legacy for the future. We may not feel it for a decade, but it's huge. Yeah, and doing it at home, like, right, it's huge when you win anything anywhere, but doing it in your own backyard as you try to get that, that fan base on your side would be absolutely enormous for them of course uh first we have to let everyone here in la know that there's a game happening on sunday apparently it's not a it's not super well known uh coming up we're gonna find out what it's like to walk out on the field at sofi it's next pain bits it has been a wild day in the world of sports and in a few minutes we'll get back to the nba trade deadline what it means and frankly why they should change the entire timing of the NBA calendar. We'll get into all of that, tell you everything you need to know about the monstrous deals that happen today. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. But before we do any of that, we've got some Super Bowl to preview. Spain and Fitz is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling, bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We're going to talk Super Bowl with somebody that knows it better than anybody. Robert Woods joining us, obviously Rams star wide receiver. And let's start with some of the difficult here. For you, you've had such an impact for this team throughout the course of the season. Obviously, you're not playing in the Super Bowl. How do you emotionally handle that? Yeah, being able to just find the joy and um, and and know I was knowing, knowing I was a part of the team's success over these past five years and even just this season. Um, and even the team just being uh, making it important to, for the guys who are hurt or didn't finish up the season, let them know that they have a huge impact and we're still a part of this. So really like my teammates, my coaches, um, and then uh, really just kind of just get, being a little removed. You know, I'm, I'm a couple weeks out of a surgery, um, well, many weeks out of surgery, and um, really just being able to just, watch the guys and find the joy and then see their success and them making plays and um, get to this big game and really just excited for them and uh, excited for us 
and our and our Super Bowl journey and just ex- excited to have a chance to win this thing in, in our hometown. You know, it's interesting to me because so many people talk about the pressure around the Rams. The organization really feels like they went all in to win a Super Bowl this year. Internally, has there felt like there's been a different level of pressure this year? No, not at all. I feel like every year you go into to the year um, wanting to win the championship. You go into it striving to, to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, this year, uh, a lot of pieces aligned. Um, end up getting Stafford uh, in a trade. Um, somehow picked up Vaughn via trade. Um, signed Odell. Um, all these things just uh, just just went on to to our our successful season. Um, adding these key contributors um, to get to this to get to this game and get to this mark. We got to finish it. I know a lot of people. Uh, are putting pressure on us for because we have the stars, we have uh, the team, we have the stadium, the home field advantage. But uh, really, it's just it's just a hardworking group. We're gonna go in there and, and play our game, keep our head down, stay humble, and uh, really just find a way to win this game. Whenever it comes down to championships, Robert, you hear players talk about how certain locker rooms were special, and you just mentioned all the players that were acquired. feels like it'd be hard to bring everybody together, but then I'm watching after the NFC Championship, and you're seeing everybody celebrate with such joy. How did this locker room come together so quickly? Our team. I would say our team is is really a tight-knit group. Um, We really care for each other. I think we're – there aren't any fake players on our team. Um, you you come in, you you ask Stafford, who is a hard worker. Uh, we just wanted to come in and join our, our our atmosphere and and our environment and be a part of it. And uh, really, he just came in working hard, wanted to be a part of our success. We end up getting Vaughn as a, as a late addition, who's a hard worker. His first week here, seeing how he works and trains um, matches up with all of our players. Uh, and and seeing him with Aaron Donald. Uh, is, is a nightmare for for offenses, but seeing how the guys work, o- Odell coming in and asking for um, our blessing um, from our receiver room, if we would be okay with having him uh, as an addition to us, and really just being open with these guys and, and embracing them and uh, letting them be themselves. We don't ask anybody to to be anything um, that they're not, and we don't ask them to do anything they're not comfortable with doing. You know, it's funny you say that with Odell because it feels like from the outside looking in, a lot of people like me sitting in front of mics have a lot to say about Odell Beckham Jr., but teammates have a total different picture of the player. What's he like as a teammate? Yeah, I get I get to see firsthand. Um, obviously, you see outside in, um, a little commotion that, that you know, happened in, in part-time in his career. Um, but once you really get to see it firsthand, it's really someone who, who takes pride in his work as a receiver. Um, enjoys uh, getting open and won the ball. Um, coming here, wanted to, to to have teammates who have that same passion and will and want to win. Um, he 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 brings all of that coming in and being selfless. He's asked to block in our offense and and do other things that uh, receivers aren't asked to do. But we we do it all in our offense. And he's coming and he embracing it and he steps into his role and. Um, a part of our, our team Super Bowl success. So one of the things that we're all going to have our eyes on is SoFi Stadium. It is a delight to look at. What's it like as a home field for you? Oh, man, the whole experience is like none other. It's great um, pulling in, uh, driving in, going blocks and blocks and seeing how big SoFi Stadium is and how much uh, – 
space and just the beauty of it, the magnitude of the stadium, um, being able to go in and see the locker room and have that atmosphere and then going through the tunnel um, and going out and seeing that uh, the screen, seeing the atmosphere, seeing the, the design of the stadium, how the light and the air is being able to get brought in. So all that is just super uh, next level and beyond any other stadium. Um, I think it's going to be a, a Super Bowl to remember in the atmosphere um, like no other. And I know as part of Super Bowl week, you're doing some work for SoFi. What is it that, about them that you love? Yeah, being able to partner with SoFi, obviously they have a, a beautiful uh, part of our beautiful stadium. Um, but really just being able to impact not only the Angelinos, uh, but all those who are part of the team, being able to get on the app and, and have that personal experience, making it easy for them to save and invest, um, your daily banking needs, all those things like being a part of the crypto uh, 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 culture, um, they really just make it easy and compatible for, for all the users um, who, who, who join their, their app. Now, Robert, obviously going into the Super Bowl, it's always hard to control adrenaline in the beginning of a game like that. For you, in your mind, with your teammates and the guys that you know, how difficult will it be for everybody to dial in at the beginning of a game that's this big that's also at home? Uh, playing in, playing in the Super Bowl before, um, having that experience, uh, I'm, I'm going to be firing everybody up, making sure everybody's <laughs> up for it. This is their best game, having full energy. Um, you got to bring it. It's, it's one of those games where you, you, you never know how the game is going to go. You, don't, you never know the flow, but you have to play your best throughout the game. Um, and just, just being out there with the guys and encouraging them to play these 60 minutes um, to your fullest. Uh, we talk about being legendary. Um, you got you to gotta finish it. You got to finish it with the trophy. You got to finish um, – with the trophy in your hand. What's going to be on the play, the hype playlist when you go out? Like, what gets you fired up to play the game? Uh, it, playing, playing it all. I, I would say uh, this this week. Um, it's funny. I've, I've been coming across uh, a few songs that just been saying win, win. The word win has been in a lot of them. Really, just going to the atmosphere in our locker room, getting the guys fired up, making sure the only thing on their mind is, is positive thoughts, winning. No doubts, no thoughts about losing. And uh, we're going to pump that atmosphere with a, a great environment. I might even be on the on the court uh, in, in the locker room this coming Sunday. Let's go. I'm just saying, Robert, man, I appreciate your time on <laughs> Super Bowl week. I know you're slammed. Appreciate you hanging out with us as always. Appreciate you doing great work for SoFi. I cannot wa wait to watch the game at the stadium. Good luck to the Rams for you, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I mean, let's just also make sure we realize that he might get to control the aux cord there. I will never get that right on this show. There's just no way. Like, I, I'd go to Sarah and I'd be like, I'm controlling the music. And she would say, no, no, sir, you aren't. And uh, <laughs> we all know that. Like, that's, it's fine. It's fine. All right. So today has been a wild day, but it could have been avoided. The NBA needs to make a massive change to the calendar. We'll tell you about it next. Spain and Fitz on the ESPN radio on the ESPN. You know where, where we are. My God. Spain and Fitz on ESPN radio and the ESPN app. I'm going to learn how to speak. Yes, we're bringing you all the goodies that are going to be coming from the halftime show on Sunday. This also goes to our boy, Chris Mitchell, and anybody else who's never seen their team win anything. Sorry for bringing that up. Uh, you are not alone, though. Uh, there were plenty of folks at The Real Radman. The teams in my city haven't won a championship yet. Thanks a lot, Sarah. 
Uh, we did ask you how you celebrated the first time your team won something. For those of you still waiting, you got some time to think about it. Plan ahead. <laughs> It'll happen, maybe. It's Spain and Pitts, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're going to get back to the Super Bowl. Lots of good stuff to get to. Jordan Cornette's going to join us and talk about his Bengals. But Fitz, it's also NBA trade deadline. And let's quickly talk about the fact that do you think the NBA is going to maybe change that now that the NFL has moved the Super Bowl late? Because a lot of the coverage they're going to get, I mean, they're still they're still breaking through because of some really big trades today, but normally we're not dealing with this all at once. Yeah, I think that's an important part because the NFL, we all know, isn't ever going to do anything about their calendar that they don't have to do. They don't look at any other leagues, but they don't have to because realistically <laughs> they get all the attention. So the NFL just shows up and does what they want, when they want, and how they want it. So if you're the NBA I'm just looking at a day that saw huge trades. It saw the draft of the all-star teams for each side, like moments that we usually spend a lot of time paying attention to, talking about having fun around. And the NBA does a great job of selling the drama, right? And we didn't get to see that this year because it feels like everybody's focused on the Super Bowl being a couple of days away. So I, if I'm the NBA, I'm changing this right away where I come in and say next year, whatever it takes to stay out of the way of the NFL and the Super Bowl, I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm sure there's some more details to it than we're giving them credit for, but oh, sure. I do think they should move it. They, they should just figure it out. I you mean, mean things done in life aren't that simple where it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to move it. <laughs> they've done enough manipulating in recent years because of COVID and the season moving and everything else. They can figure out the trade deadline issue as well. Yeah, you know, we did see, um, you know, we are paying attention to some things like that now viral video of LeBron and KD making their all-star selections where it came down to Rudy Gobert and James Harden and KD had the pick. Went ahead, went ahead and got some size for his squad, which mm -hmm. already had plenty of size uh, and made for some really good visuals. So go check that out if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, Kevin Durant's completely stone-cold face while LeBron is hiding behind a clipboard. Great. And that, of course, is because James Harden and Kevin Durant are no longer teammates. Durant uh, now will be uh, ushering in a new era of a new big three with Ben Simmons, who, of course, hasn't played yet this year. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but probably, likely, a better fit with him and Kyrie Irving. Heck, fits the New York rules might change and Kyrie might be a full-time player sometime soon, and that could change everything too. Well, I think that's one of the things, if you're, if you're playing in New York, or if you're a team in New York, I should say, that's one thing that you've got your eye on the entire time. You're talking to everybody uh, behind the scenes. You're trying to get a real sense of it because if you're the, the Nets, you're looking at it and saying, man, we got to know what we're dealing with. No KD coming in right away, obviously, with the injury. We know that. And you and I have already talked about it tonight, but it's worth repeating again. Ben Simmons is somebody we haven't seen since the last time we saw him, he was not taking a shot and everybody was angry right. about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so we have no idea what his physical shape is like. We have no idea what mental shape he's in. We have no idea sort of where his his mindset's going to be. We have no idea if this is giving him the yips. Like, we don't know anything about Ben Simmons. So if you're the Nets, well, you might be banking on, on needing Kyrie. What we do know is that he will be available for home games because Ramona Shelburne snuck in some information about that when she was on the uh, NBA Today trade deadline special today. Ben Simmons is thrilled. I mean, the, the text message I've got this morning, finally. That's the, that, is the, that is the word. And, um, you know, Ben's been working with a therapist, off, you know, since, since the fall when he got back to Philadelphia. He actually was working with somebody over the summer as well. Um, and there's going to take some time here. He's going to take his time to get acclimated in Brooklyn. He's going to still see his mental health therapist um, and take some time to just get his footing there in, in Brooklyn. But he couldn't be more thrilled. He's already talked to Kevin Durant. Can't wait to get going. And, and as we reported last week, um, he did choose to get vaccinated. So mm. initially he wasn't, but now he is. And so that won't be a problem with New York's vaccination rules. 
I think that's important, of course, that he will be available and also what a message it might send to that team when he gets there. And he made that decision, but, but Kyrie Irving did not. Also, though, Fitz, I think she mentioned something in there about obviously him still working with his mental health specialist. And I've seen some people take some shots at Ben that, oh, he might be available right away. He's traveling with the team right away, at least to get acclimated. That's a slap in the face to those who deal with mental health issues. And I'm not going to begin to speculate about what Ben Simmons is dealing with, but I will say that I imagine a change of scenery, going to a place where you feel wanted, whatever lingering issues he might have had with teammates or others, whatever yips he might have had surrounding that team and the questions about his shooting and everything else. Um, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I think many of the people speaking on it aren't either. And I think it would be a presumptuous to assume that he was lying or manipulating the mental health issues just to get what he wanted. I think there's Definitely he wanted out, but I don't think if he does get to the six uh, to the Nets and and figure some of those issues that it, it couldn't very well be because he needed to get away from whatever was, was triggering or problematic for him. Yeah, there's no blanket template that is going to be right when it comes to mental health in this situation. And frankly, I think one of the reasons that if I'm the Nets, I want to be particularly patient with him as he comes to the team is that you do need to make sure whatever his issues are that this doesn't trigger anything, right? So you want to make sure that he feels good, that he feels supported, that he feels like he has the structure, the infrastructure that he needs. No different than somebody that, you know, is an addict in any way. You want to make sure when they come to a new city, they have the structure that they need. Like, these are all things that Ben Simmons is going to have to make sure that he feels good about right away. And and uh, be, I shouldn't say right away, before he plays. And that's going to be more important because you got to look at this if you're the Nets and say the most important thing is that we, we want a different version of Ben Simmons. We want the healthiest version of Ben Simmons we can get mentally and physically. So whatever it takes to make sure that he's comfortable coming in should be the number one concern for the Nets. Yeah, and as far as actual play, Tim Legler was on NBA Today's trade deadline special as well and talked about how he sees Simmons fitting in on the court. He's not going to be much of a factor other than as a guy that can occasionally get downhill and finish, but I think primarily as a guy that can screen or be a weak side cutter when KD and Kyrie draw multiple defenders, he can slash and cut, get into the lane and operate. I think the biggest benefit by far, though, is going to be the fact that he takes so much pressure off of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to have to guard the best perimeter players every night on these other teams. Yeah, he's an elite passer. He's an elite defender. He, If Kyrie and KD are both out there, they can get theirs in terms of shooting. Um, but he will add those elements. He's much younger than Harden. He's, he's you know physically going to be able to roll with those opposing teams' best players. And that's the fit that I think everyone's been talking about, Fitz, in terms of the Nets winning this. Um, because there are fewer question marks when you've got KD and Kyrie and then you insert Ben than there are with trying to figure out what it will look like for James Harden and Embiid and just how much James Harden will be healthy and dedicated. Well, and, and that comes back to part of what we've seen and what it makes us feel when it comes to all things Ben Simmons. Like I said, I mean, the last imagery that we all have is him choosing not to shoot, and that sits in everybody's mind. And it's really crafted a narrative that Simmons is a, a worthless player to some people. That That's not at all the case. We realize that there's a bunch to his game that's really good. The question is, will it be good enough, especially when you're stepping into, like, I, I, I mean, I've, I've said a lot of times that I think one of the advantages to the Nets over a team like the Knicks is that you live in less pressure. But now, I mean, I don't know that you can have a trade that creates more pressure than this one from both sides. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like from the minute he steps on the floor, we're going to be over-examining every single thing that he does. But you're absolutely right. The other things other than shooting are huge and a part of why the 76ers were very successful with him for a long period.
Yeah, I mean, worth noting, though, that Ben Simmons, maybe the expectations have dropped a bit because of how he finished last year, because he's been out. So if he just comes in and is able to contribute, that might be enough. He's also getting paid, which yeah. he wasn't. He was losing massive amounts of money sitting out. So th that's good news for him. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Uh, the NFL honors are going on right now, by the way. Uh, the assistant coach of the year, Dan Quinn, that's the first award. We'll keep you updated on that if Aaron Rodgers shows up, if Aaron Rodgers wins, if he says anything notable about his future uh that is happening here in la too at the youtube theater so we'll update you on that but coming up next a man is leaving his family behind to go to the super bowl not only that he's leaving his family behind and he's sticking jason with his work responsibilities while he goes and watches his team in the big game we'll get into it next spain and fits on espn radio the espn app sirius xm channel 80 sarah spain jason fitz oh we are almost there some people are irrationally excited and understandably so. Spain and Fitz presented, you know, golly, I'm going to learn how to talk today. Spain and Fitz is presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. Let's get all the insight we need on the Super Bowl from the one, the only, the resident Bengals fan extraordinaire we all know and love, Jordan Cornette, joining us on the show. Jordan, somebody, that somebody's me. Has to fill in for you on Sports Nation on Friday and Monday. You're leaving your wife. You're leaving your child. How do you feel about yourself, man, knowing that you're leaving everybody to pick up the pieces while you go watch the Bengals in the Super Bowl? I mean, who put you up to this? I feel like I'm being ambushed. What is this, an intervention? I thought we were talking Super Bowl here. The guilt has reached. Shea. I mean, it's reached Shea the got to him. <laughs> Yes, I was about to say. Shay has a hand in this. Uh, but, no, you know, it's, it's really being billed as and what got me out uh, to be able to travel out there on Friday, be there for the weekend was, you never know, right? This might be once in a lifetime. Everyone talks about the future of the Bengals, and I love to believe that, but you, you can't expect to get back to a place that is so hard to get to in this National Football League. So if I can be on hand to see it and say I saw history, I got to take the opportunity, right? completely agree I completely agree and I have to say I remember and I always compare it to the Cubs but you and I have bonded over like me being so excited yes. for you because it, it feels like that run for me in 2016 but I remember a colleague when when they they uh they got their playoff schedule she was like listen I did it with the Red Sox just do it don't wait don't wonder if it's going to happen again just get on board so I was like all right I'm changing all my flights I'm going to LA to see him play the Dodgers I'm going back to Chicago I'm going to Cleveland and, it, and it's all worth it I'm so glad you're coming out here okay um, and six how years are the later, nerves right? right I mean, not to bring up bad stuff, Sarah, but six years later, it never happened again for the Cubs. Yes. So the proof yes. of the pudding, everyone's like the start of this dynastic run, you're never guaranteed. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, the entire core has been blown up, and all of the young superstars <laughs> that were supposed to give us many titles, just the one. Uh, listen, I'm never going to be not happy about the one. I'm, if, you, if you don't come down the mountain, you don't have to look at, at where you were. You could just keep enjoying the view from the top. But that's where I still am with I'm the Cubs. No um, I want to ask you about the nerves because this whole time we've been talking to you, checking in at each turn, and you've been like, we're playing with house money, we're ahead of the game. But I think now you finally are reconciling the idea that this could be it, right? You're not guaranteed. So are you getting more nervous because of that? You know why I'm not nervous, Sarah? And it's going to sound maybe lame because I don't put on the jersey. I'm not in practice with these guys. Unfortunately, I'm not on the payroll. Uh, I'd love <laughs> to be. Uh, because it'd be a first-class flight out to L.A. Uh, but, look, this team believes. And, like, when I look at Joe Burrow and I hear what he says in, in any piece of sound we get from him coming off the big AFC championship win down in Arrowhead leading up to this very moment, 
he just seems unflappable. He, he seems like it's any other game. And you hear guys say that when they're asked those questions. You hear women in competition say that when they're asked those questions. But it's never always sincere and genuine. And I feel like it is with Burrow. I mean, look at the record in the big games. Uh, we know by now he's 8-0. He always delivers in those biggest games. And I feel like he's poised for the moment. So us being inexperienced, us, the Bengals being inexperienced, <laughs> doesn't bother me because I feel like they're poised and ready for the stage. We're talking to Cincinnati Bengal Jordan Cornette. You went us, so I think we could just make it like I'm with you the whole way. Honestly, Raiders they don't really have a starting right guard. It's always in flux, so you might still have a chance. Yeah, I mean, that, that's... See, and, and if I was on a proper diet, it'd be like, at Cornette, CJ Uzama at the tight end spot that's may right. not be able to go. You go right guard. I feel Wait, really good about myself in this interview. I, I mean, look, I, I'm just saying that, like, you go to offensive line, you can beef up as much as you want. You can, you can eat all the cookie and pies you want to. Speaking of the offensive line, uh, what, what are they going to do? to stop Aaron Donald? You know, I, I go back to Jamar Chase. I mean, most, you know, young quarterbacks, their safety valve is the tight end spot, right? And we've got a pretty good tight end if he's healthy and able to go And C.J. Uzama. Uh, but what's unique about this explosive big play, uh, highly productive Bengals offense is that safety valve is, you've heard Joe say it. I throw it up to Jamar Chase and just hope he goes and gets it. And look, I know Jalen Ram- Ramsey's the matchup here. But I got to be honest. I still think it favors Jamar Chase, and I think I'm I, I'm looking going into this expecting Jamar to have a few of those plays. Now, Aaron Donald and a, a, a one-time Super Bowl MVP Von Miller are they going to get home? Statistically, percentages in their favor, but what does it end up with? A takeaway? Uh, heaven forbid, an injury? Barring those type of things, I feel like we'll take our lumps. Our defense will make some plays to give us a chance. And with Joe Burrow, you always have the opportunity to break something big, even in the face of pressure. Jordan Cornette is with us, a massive Bengals fan. I love the game breakdown, and I'm very fascinated by whether they decide to have Ramsey just shadow chase for the whole game, particularly because they haven't faced a lot of teams, actually, with that number one deep threat wide receiver other than the Mike Evans game. And so deciding how they're going to cover that and what style they want to play with Ramsey is, is huge. But I, I like mm. talking to you about the fandom side of things because you're you're – the only one we can get. And I mean that quite literally, Jordan. <laughs> there are not a lot of well-known Bengals fans. And for good reason, because that team was trash and they were a joke and people never thought they could get here. But I want to ask if that's almost more validating to you because it's easy to jump on a bandwagon. It's very fun to have been, say, a Patriots fan for the last two decades. But as a Bengals fan, do you feel like I earned this? This feels different for me than all you spoiled folks. Well, absolutely, Sarah. And for one, it's always nice to be like, hey, we literally couldn't find anybody else. There's not many of you. So here you are on our show. Well, we I, I tried for that one that. boy bander. Uh, then that was the only other that was the only other guy we thought would work. And look, Vanessa Lachey's come on board, too. She's kind of a writer because okay. people right. understand it, it, it's about it's about not just the franchise, not just the players, their family and friends. I mean, that's at the forefront. It truly is about the city. It is about redemption, uh, being able to sit at the table, being able to be talked about as a franchise for the good, for, for the Joe Burrow, for the Jamar Chase, for the savvy moves in the offseason like a Trey Hendrickson. It feels good to be talked about in the positive because we've only been known for the heartbreak. This franchise has only been known for the losing. And to me, to be able to be on all these ESPN platforms and talk about the Bengals, not for massive, consistent failure, uh, but to be in the, the start of shows on SportsCenter to lead in, not me, but the squad, obviously, 
it's unique. <laughs> it's cool. It's a galvanizing experience. I bonded with, you know, friends that I've lost touch with. Hey, are you going to L.A.? Isn't this wild? Isn't it so cool? And that's what fandom's about because usually I'm wearing a sports broadcaster hat covering other teams taking this journey. I've never known what it feels like, and here I am experiencing it when I fly out there come tomorrow. I'm juiced. Uh, we all know that there's only like six Bengals fans in L.A., so does that mean that <laughs> Bengals parties are going to be the easiest thing to get into while you're out there? <laughs> I mean, I, I think they're taking over everywhere, right? I, this is interesting to me, you guys. Like, Obviously, it's a corporate event. We, we hear about the astronomical prices, but of real fans in there, I think you're going to have more Cincinnati, aren't you? Does L.A. care? I mean, I know they want to be there for the scene, and Sarah, you're already out there. I get it, but, like, are they really going to be in this for, like, the Rams got to do this? No, that's all Bengals' passion and noise and presence in there, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously an extremely expensive game, so there will be a lot of celebrity presence because if you're already living in L.A. and the Super Bowl is the hottest thing and you can just go for the day, that's going to be a whole bunch of folks who just have the connections and are in the business and the industry. But I think as far as fans like making their way out and passionately being willing to you know put down the dough, I think we're going to see a lot of Bengals fans. Also, like, man, leaving Cincy to come to L.A. in the middle of February, it's decent. I mean, it's really cool. And I'll tell you this, whatever parties I do go to, uh, F the top shelf liquor. There better be three ways in the three ways Cincinnati style. Everybody chill out with the chili, the cheese and the noodles, along with some cheese conies, because I'm not going to any parties if I'm not getting a Cincinnati flavor and feel. You know what I mean? You're telling me you're going to go to L.A. and then try and find Skyline. Like, that just sounds disgusting. Vegan, gluten-free, sprouted chili. At least least Grater's has, like, a food truck that drove from Cincinnati. Like, I'd support you on the hunt for their ice cream because it's a delight. But, I mean, Skyline, you can do better. Listen, listen. Wasn't it you guys who told me I have an opportunity to be the right guard in, the, in this, this all-important game? <laughs> I was really I mean, just thinking about your height, man. I was, you're, fair. I was That's thinking fair. about your height. You're big-boned and you're tall. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your prediction for the game, by the way? How do you see this going? I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I envision it going towards, I mean, not crazy. I think 38-34, uh, Bengals get it done. I, I do think it's going to be one of those where uh, there's some big-time explosive plays. There's some, you know, long-sustaining drives that, that do take some clock but yet still put together points. I think you see more conversions for six than you do kickers being trotted out there for three. All right, you heard it here first. Jordan, try to contain yourself out while you're out in L.A. <laughs> Act better than I would because we all know I would get kicked out of everywhere. Sarah's there, so if you get into trouble, <laughs> you can just call her. She will bail you out of jail once, but not twice. That's just the rule. once, just that, the once. That was Sarah's old stomping ground, so yes. I know she's got the hookups out there. I, I will got be the hitting hookups, her up, but baby. I do want to thank both you guys, though. Sarah, for being in my corner, you know, as a, as a fan who's experienced this in 2016 with your Cubs, Knowing what I'm going through, that's been cool that we've kind of had back and forth with that. And then Fitzy, the jingles, man. I mean, you're a Cincinnati legend for continuing to go (laughs) anti-Bengals and push us to this point uh, and the threshold doorstep of a championship. So I love you guys. Yeah, if that works, by the way, I'm writing anti-Raiders jingles every week for the rest of my life. (laughs) Jordan, uh, enjoy your time, man. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Sir, I'll see you out there. Fitzy, love you, buddy. Oh. The excitement he has is just palpable. So fun. It's real. And I feel all of it to my core because if the Raiders were in the Super Bowl, I'd be doing the exact same thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even though I have to pick up all of his slack and, 
you know, do his job, yeah, hang mean, out with his wife. Yeah. Are you also are you burping the baby? Are you changing some diapers? Well, I, mean, uh, the, I don't think any full it, dad swap experience. Nobody has ever handed Stand me a baby house. and felt good about it. If people <laughs> hand me a baby, like if there's a fire and I'm last resort, that's about the only way. All right, coming up, the NFL honors are going out, going on right now. We'll get you updated on them. And you know what? I'm not going to learn. We'll to speak. also explain why Fitz can't talk. No, it's just it's just part of my charm today. You're listening to Spain and Fitz, hopefully on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Not for long. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz with you, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. A huge trade deadline day in the NBA. We're just a couple days from the Super Bowl. We've got NFL honors happening right now. I'm in L.A. I've got all sorts of parties and invitations to figure out. There's so much going on, Fitz. That's really nice. You're in L.A. <laughs> and you've got so much. Like, so what time should I be there for the first party? Uh, um, are you talking about the uh, babysitting at Jordan's house while we're partying? Yeah, how did that happen? Like, I, I, you know, I'm regretting this more and more. Like, Shay, Jordan, I love you guys. But uh, you know what? You take care of your own kid, all right? Like, it, it, that's it. I'm going to L.A. I, that, forget We've it. We've had I'm, some requests to have Shay on the show to describe what it's really been like inside that house, which is probably a lot of jumping and yelling and screaming and outfit coordination. If I had to guess, nobody in the world is happier that Jordan is at the Super Bowl than Shea because she just doesn't have to deal with him throughout the course <laughs> of watching right. the game. That's right. Uh, we asked you earlier in the show about uh, the teams that you follow and, and what you remember about the first time one of your teams won it all. NBA, NHL, M you know, WNBA, NFL, whatever it is. Where were you? Were you at a huge party? Did you get to go to the game? What happened? We got some fun answers, Fitz, from a couple people. Um, at just Chris Bird, my family moved to Spain when I was eight, so I listened to the Raiders win in '81 over Armed Forces Radio. Oh, yeah, that's, so cool. that's such a Raiders answer. Like I wasn't even in the country, and I just got to watch it on listen on the radio. Um, at Dale O'Harris, '87 Twins wound up riding through downtown in the back of a total stranger's pickup, then pushing it when he got low on gas. Like those are the moments, <laughs> and I know you've never been there, but like one of the years that the Blackhawks won it all, a couple friends and I were um, at like a, a party, like official party and we left there and we went straight to the lions that are in front of the art institute that they always put helmets or jerseys on when a team is in the, is in the, is in the finals and we wanted to go ride the lions oh my <laughs> little God. did we know that there would be security we did not we were denied in our efforts to ride the lions totally sober for sure and then went uh, outside the united center the, the team was away and so we ended up partying outside of the united center but that those are the good stories where like everyone just wants to be together somewhere um this is what happened. Angry Bears fan, dad, man. Well, I was eight when the Bulls won their first championship, so I ran out of the bar and started flipping taxi cabs over. I, I don't think that's exactly what went down. <laughs> but there were others doing that, that's for sure. Um, at Billy Fallon, was watching the Canes win the cup in 06. It was at the beach, and the only one who cared about hockey, so he just ran around the house and then outside for 10 minutes yelling, we won the cup, and no one cared, and everyone thought he was crazy. Um, AJVH1959, the 68 Tigers World Series champions. Thank you for uh, following and listening, sir uh, or, or ma'am, uh, who's been around a while. 1968 Tigers. Game 7 was on in the afternoon of a weekday. Okay, so very wow. young. Got home from school in fourth grade. So very young for this one. And the final out was made. Grabbed one of mom's pots, a wooden spoon. Got on my bike and rode through the neighborhood making a racket. Uh, that's uh, so wholesome. That's such a cool, like, memory and experience. So, yeah. like, you know, to think about the, the way it was then versus how it is now. I mean, that, yeah. that I, I don't know. That's, that's tremendous to me. That's the best story yet. 
This feels more like uh, your style fits. At Morganaris83, my dad and his buddies doing the Rockettes line dance on top of a bus in Detroit when the Tigers won the series in 84 yeah, and not, ended up on the news. Those are good. Those I'm not are mad good. at that. I'm not mad at that at all. The closest I've come to any of this was being in Nashville when the Preds uh, made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, Final, don't don't at me, uh, hockey guy. Thank you. Uh, Stanley Cup yourself. Final. And uh, it was pretty remarkable because everybody just poured into the streets. And, you know, if you've ever been on Lower Broad, uh, it so was fun. it was shut down for w- watch parties. And it was shoulder to shoulder of people drinking everybody else's beer and, like, throwing beers at you. Like, it was a <laughs> wild party. And at the time, I was doing morning radio, and I remember looking at my co-host because it was like, three in the morning and we're like well we might as well just go to the studio and that's what we did like we yeah. went to the studio straight from the street party one of the oh uh, more remarkable times yeah i mean this is what i'm thinking about as these Bengals fans are thinking about you know do we do we throw down several thousand dollars in flights and tickets and hotel and try to make our way to la do we watch at home do we have a party i mean for me when i don't have a vested interest even still sometimes i get annoyed at parties when people are talking through the game or the commercials i want to listen i want to focus so you got to figure out also, in your case, I know you yell, you throw things. You know, you have to f- think about the people around you dur- during your, your most worrisome moments. Yeah, for me, it would be really hard to be, you know, anywhere for that around other people. Like, if the Raiders are in the Super Bowl, like I said, I've had one experience in my adult life that was not a favorable one there. If the Raiders ever go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> I, I think I would just want to be as alone as possible. Like, it's not fun being in a stadium where everybody's rooting against you. So you either got to go with the group that you know you guys are going to have the time of your life together, or you need to be with a group of people that care about mm-hmm. your team as much as you do when it, when you're talking the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what's tough, though, about the Super Bowl is it isn't always full of the biggest fans of either team. It's a lot of people who got the hookup. It's people who are there with a company or a brand. It's people who just like to go. And so sometimes if you can't rally the right crew to go with you, you're better off just having a really sick party at home or figuring figuring something out Um for yourself. I, you, you mentioned going to the studio. Uh, I had just started working at ESPN 1000 in Chicago not long before the Blackhawks won their first. And one of my first assignments was they just sent me to this bar, The Pony, where the, <laughs> where the Blackhawks always used to rage. And they won on the road, so they had partied straight through after the game on the flight and then landed and went straight to the pony. So my shift was supposed to be at like 9 and instead at like 6. They were like, all right, we need you to go to the pony and stand outside and see if you can get any of the players leaving. And I'm like, what are the chances that anyone leaving is going to be able to make a sentence? But I, there I was, 6.30 in the morning. I myself had been perhaps overserved the evening before celebrating. And I, I, you know, get my butt over there. And I got one interview with a assistant coach who was still mostly together. But every player that came out was essentially like weekend at Bernie's. Like oh. it was just, it wasn't going to happen. Which is kind of, a, you know, I want that for guys. Like, there is this moment, uh-huh. too, like, when you're celebrating the amount of work that it took to get there. Like, it's such a, a once-in-a-lifetime moment, you know. And, and I realize that's not like if you grew up a Patriots fan, you're laughing at this whole conversation because you've seen it over <laughs> and over and over again. But You're like, I can't remember there, which time it was yeah. when this happened. But, but there has to be some level when you're in this particular Super Bowl and you're talking about people in L.A., but you're also talking about Cincinnati. Like, I have a handful of friends that are Bengals fans, and every single one of them that I know – is going to this game. So I've got to believe that Cincinnati mm. fans have decided that this is the moment to go to because you, you yeah. appreciate how tough you it is know to too. get there. You know, it's, yeah, it means 100%. so much. And as much as it hurt when Jordan said that, I felt it. Like in 2016, we did think, oh, this is the beginning of this giant window. And Cubs have not been in the mix since.